Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also Menaral, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a mega quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review Friday Night SmackDown. What did you make of the show, Sidge? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know people who like WWE and listen to this podcast are probably disappointed after yet another momentous, acclaimed bloodline saga angle yes. that Hamlet's not here because mm-hmm. he's enjoying a well-deserved day off and I'm filling in for him and I'm sorry you're probably going to be disappointed I will say now I did not like it mm-hmm. I will go into the reasons and I don't think they're in bad faith why I did not like this that's fair enough Wilborn did like this so it will not be a completely miserable 40 minutes or whatever <laughs> of your life he will be very effusive I think in his praise I won't I'm, I cannot pretend to like it yeah, it's subjective, isn't it, at the end of the well, day? Well, apparently not. You're not allowed to not like this. It's one of those things, isn't it, on the internet of just, like, you can't enjoy one without having to bury the other. Whereas I, I, I had a stick genuinely around. great time. I didn't even think Collision was as good as anybody else thought, so stick around for <laughs> yeah. that as well. Yeah, you didn't like either show, whereas I enjoyed both no, shows. I, I liked Collision a lot, did not love it. Yes. Yeah. You, were, you maybe didn't get the hype that... Quite people were going and if on. I was the bad faith, you know, AEW better podcaster, like, I've got every justification to think this episode of Collision was phenomenal. Yeah. A lot of people loved it. I merely liked it, but we'll get into why. Um, not a piss on this one, mm. but I'm really interested in doing the Collision <laughs> review uh, for some points that I'd like to debate. Yes, that's Debate coming. me. That's coming your way a little bit later on today. Uh, But let's drive straight into SmackDown, which is, of course, all about the trial of the tribal chief. I thought that was the uh, bloodline theme. Don't know what happened there. But it's appropriate because this was cinema. Um, we <laughs> opened the show with a recap of the uh, brilliant bloodline Civil War from Money in the Bank. And, of course, Jey Uso 
after three and a half or years or whatever it was, pinning Roman Reigns. Out come the Usos. Um, and they, they talk about how the fact that, you know, Roman Reigns was meant to be unbeatable. He can't be beat, they were saying. And then look what happened to him at Money in the Bank. But before they can go any further, out comes Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa. Um, Paul Heyman talks about being the wise man to Roman Reigns and the defense counsel for tonight's trial of the tribal chief. Uh, the Usos turn to shut up, basically. And Paul Heyman says, there is only one person in the world who can tell me to stop talking. But as he says that, Solo Sokoa grabs the mic from out of Paul Heyman's hands and tosses it to the floor. Before anything else can happen, though, here comes Roman Reigns. Uh, thankfully, they give him the entire length of the commercial to make it into the ring. So by the time we come back, there he is, center of the ring. Uso's in there solo. Paul Heyman, you know the, how this all works. Um, there's a big, you got pinned chant by the MSG crowd. Um, and he sort of waits for that to die out before telling uh, New York City, Madison Square Garden, to acknowledge him. And I acknowledge my tribal chief, of course. Uh, and he admits he was pinned. But he's still the tribal chief, and that immediately brings out a tribal chief chant. So this MSG audience can't decide who they're back in. Um, and Roman says, look, that's all That's all for me. That's not for you, Jimmy. You're definitely not a tribal chief. And Jay, you could be, but you're not the tribal chief right now, basically. Um, but he's confused. Why is he here tonight? Because neither of them are the tribal chief, and that means they don't have the authority to put him on trial. Who does? But Uso's not going to stand for that. They're not going to be manipulated like he's done so many times before. And they present Exhibit A, which is a video package of him having to go at people, manipulating people, gaslighting people, humiliating people, and attacking people, including not only the Usos, but Paul Heyman. And there is a UF'd up chance to come off the back of that. Roman Reigns is like, no, I didn't. Um, he says, look, that's not who I am. That's not fair. You, you're kind of skewing history here. That was who I was forced to be. I didn't want to lower myself like that, but I did it for you, Jay. I did it for you, Jimmy. I did it for you, Solo. I was a WrestleMania main event long before the bloodline. I did this to get you over. I bent my moral compass for this family, for the elders, and this, this is what I get? A compilation of my worst moments to embarrass me in front of my family? You know, my daughter's backstage. What's she going to think when she sees that? I take on the weight of the world. I take on everyone's family. I lift them all up. I don't need more kids. I've got five of my own. Bloody hell. Uh, I don't need to shoulder your burdens as well. I don't need this. I don't need more money. I don't need more power. I don't want or need to be the tribal chief anymore. I'm done with this. You can hear a pin drop at this moment. He throws away the microphone. And Paul Heyman's face and reactions, an absolute picture here, is on the verge of tears. And he's not the only one. Because Roman takes off the lay. I always forget what it's called. The lay, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and he he puts it round Jimmy's neck. Paul Heyman's absolutely devoted right now. And Roman takes off his title. This is like the final straw for Paul. He's like, no! Tosses it to the side and he gets to his knees and he's, he's crying. And he, you know, offers himself effectively to Jay, and Jay goes to embrace him. And Roman, big old hoy to the bollocks. Jimmy jumps in to attack Roman. Solo takes him takes him out of it. And then there's a wonderful moment where the lay, the, the ceremonial you know, indicator of the tribal chief is there in the middle of the ring, and Solo's right there. The crowd is chanting for him to put it on. Uh, Jimmy gets back involved. He gets a spike. Roman's like, give me the lay, knobhead. Um... 
Solo thinks about what he's going to do, but before anything can happen there, Jay attacks. Um, Solo hits him with the spinning Solo. Roman takes out Jimmy with a Superman punch. There's a bit of tension still there between Solo and Roman, but they take Jimmy out of the ring. They're going to put him through the announce table. Jay tries to save him, but Solo attacks him, wraps him up in the ropes, and forces him to watch uh, Roman murder his brother, basically, uh, with the title belt and then with the stairs. Uh, he says, this is all your fault, Jay. Uh, he cracks him a few times with the stairs. Jay manages to fight free. He attacks Roman, but S- Solo spikes him on the outside, chucks him over the announce table. Roman hoys a load of chairs on top of him um, and scares off, basically, the, uh, the officials, the backstage people. Saw Jason Jordan in there. Nice to see him again. Um, and uh, and tells Solo to do what he attempted to do at Money in the Bank, and that is hit a huge splash through the table. Um, And amongst all this carnage, Paul Heyman is just the happiest guy in the world. He's, I love you, I acknowledge you, my tribal chief. He puts the lay back on Roman Reigns. He gives him his title back, and Roman and Solo stand over the destroyed Usos, holding up the title belt, and uh, post-break, we come back to find out that Jay has been... Oh, sorry, Jimmy has been rushed to hospital and Jay has gone with him. I love this, but I can understand why if you're not really as into the bloodline saga as people like me are, what was it, half an hour this? Longer. <laughs> uh, right, where to start with this? Ebru of Wrestle Purists. Yes. Great follow. Tremendous guy. Made a great point on Twitter over the weekend. The people who refer to this as cinema mm-hmm. are either journals who want to access or who want to build their brand by appealing to the WWE base. Mm-hmm. It's either them or young kids who just are into it. Yes. And like calling it cinema. Like, I agree with him wholeheartedly. I do not get annoyed when people call it cinema. Because, it, one, it isn't. <laughs> Two, it's just, I don't want to deny that people have a thing that they like. Yeah. If people want to go on Twitter and say, I really like this, what kind of an arsehole would I be to say, well, you shouldn't because it's not cinema mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So I like, just want to make it said, I do not resent other people's enjoyment of something, particularly, right, if they're not being dicks about it. Yeah. They're not. They just like the thing. That being said, <laughs> as much as I genuinely, if someone describes this as cinema, I do, I promise you, I do not get this visceral, oh, no, it isn't. I just, I don't. I no. don't. That being said, no matter what people say about this thing, and no matter what word cinema they use to describe <laughs> it, when I watch something good, that's actually a film, I'm not saying cinema, a film mm-hmm. or a great prestige drama. When I watch something like that and then watch this, mm. it's not it's not well acted. <laughs> I just ca- I, I cannot get into it on those terms, mm. no matter who uses those terms. Am I making sense here? Yeah. I cannot get into this on those terms, no matter who uses those terms, because this in and of itself thinks it's great. Mm. And that is kind of my problem. The sheer length of this was so, oh, God, I know what they think this is. And trust me, there are people who might hate listening to this podcast, right? 
as much as I sometimes doom scroll and hate read tweet tweets, who will think, I can't believe of all people, Sidgwick, you are saying this. But trust me, it takes one to know one. This is the most pretentious thing in all of wrestling. <laughs> it takes one. Trust me, I try not to be pretentious. It's a core fault of mine. I admit it. I know it when I see it in people and in things and in art or in content. This is pretentious. This thinks it's amazing. And it's that sort of self-importance, the self-anointed, this is great, we are doing art. I find it so repellent. And look, it is not just this. When I sing Hangman Page and this three-year yeah. thread with the Dark Order, I internally cringe as well. Yeah. Like, ah, oh God. Right. I watched a film on Friday night, and then I watched this. Uh, there's no comparison. I watched a film. Right, It's on Netflix. You can go and watch it. I mostly recommend it, even though it's, again, this film is not as subtle as it thinks it is. It's not communicating this great message that it thinks it is. I still think it's a very well done thing. It's called The Power of the Dog. Okay. It's a Western um, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Is a, he's like the heel in it. Like Oscar bait. It's Oscar bait. Yeah. It's total Oscar bait. Uh, but I think it's a good version of it. Now, I don't think the central theme is anywhere near as clever as it thinks it is. Um, I don't think... I think they are... When they were making this film, they were thinking they were going to blow people's minds mm. with how the character, the central character, the antagonist, how his arc developed. Didn't blow my mind. You could kind of spot it like within the first act. Nonetheless, like... The tension in this thing is absolutely incredible. I don't think it's anything thematically like profound, but as a film with the interpersonal relationships and the tension involved and how you feel about the characters from one act to the next, it really is impressive. Like, if you don't want this film spoiled, if it's on your watch list, stop listening for a minute. There's a character that you are like, I want you to die so much. Oh, yeah. And then by the end, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want you to die, actually. Um, or I don't want you to have a happy, unhappy ending. Mm. And then in the last act, there's this incredible thread of tension where it feels like one character's going to kill another. And for about 20 minutes of the final act, you are certain that this character is going to kill the other and it's like like the tension is off the charts. Mm. It's so well acted. Um, the music cues are so ominous, mm. and they start like sort of spike. Um, and it's just so well done. I felt literally none of this. When, <laughs> I felt literally none of this when Jay Uso was being beckoned over to essentially be anointed the tribal chief by Roman Reigns because the symbolism or the um, the motifs or whatever of this story have been so obvious mm -hmm. because it's not as good as it thinks it is that I knew he was going to get laced in the balls. They'd yes. just done that yeah. finish, which played off the other finish. So you just knew... Kind ball stuff. You knew there was going to be a ball shot incoming. And that's the thing. If you strip... Any of the, or all, sorry, of the pretensions of cinema or theater or storytelling or anything that's, you know, above wrestling or whatever this thing is. And if you apply wrestling 
logic, and my wrestling brain and my subjective wrestling fandom hates to see a babyface look like an idiot. Mm. It's like, Jake, so you are walking into um, very agonizing, dull testicular pain, <laughs> and I think you're a bit of an idiot for falling for this again. Isn't the whole point that after so many years and now the months of him, of Jay Uso finally discovering his agency that he realizes he's been gaslighted. They even went to the trouble of crafting a video package mm -hmm. to underscore this point. And then Roman does it again and he falls for it. If you reduce this down, that's a terrible decision from a wrestling baby face. But the problem is that they don't think he's a wrestling baby face. They think Jay Uso is a character actor <laughs> in yes. this prestige drama and I can't personally get my wrestling brain removed from this, so I see a wrestling babyface in that ring, even if they think what Jey Uso is doing now transcends the form. And I just see a wrestling babyface, because in my mind, I'm watching a wrestling show, because it's still closer, no matter what they think this is, it's still closer to wrestling than it is to anything else. Yes. I can tell by the fact that it's in a f***ing wrestling ring, <laughs> and I can tell by, quite frankly, some terrible performances. It is so broad. It's just not suited to the medium they think this is, mm. in my opinion. I'm not saying one day that wrestling can't be this subtle, really well done thing. This isn't it for me. It just isn't. I'm sorry. And the length and the amount of time. It's the Triple H, it's a Triple H early 2000s match structure and the rhythms of that applied to a wrestling angle for me. The one difference being mm. that the crowd actually gives a toss. Yeah, this is, and they know what they're doing. Like... They could have got this done in 15 minutes, if not shorter. But they, they know it's the biggest thing, yeah. arguably, in wrestling right now, uh, certainly within WWE. And they also know, I mean, look at the numbers that they yeah. pull in. So why would you rush through this and to get to... there's a cynicism to that. There yeah. is a cynicism to that as well. But at the end of the day, if the fans are on the hook... And again, I'm the pedantic dickhead on the island. I'm not saying that this is objectively bad because I subjectively don't like it. It's doing incredible business, but I'm just not that wrestling fan mm. or that wrestling critic or that wrestling news site owner who says, oh, it's making all of this money, therefore it must be great. Mm -hmm. That's just not how I receive things. Yeah, It's not. It, it just took so long. I get it. It's tension. They are building the tension. The longer it goes, the more that in theory the fans will be deeply invested. I get what they're trying to do on an artistic level, and as you say, they know the numbers this gets. Yeah. They know that their primary thing is, how long can we get this without really taking the piss? 40 minutes, is it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so ultimately, the whole thing was tension, 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 tension. So to build this tension, we must do it slowly and take forever, and because I didn't buy the tension for a second. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I thought the babyface was an idiot. All of this was just completely ruined for me. We'll get into this later, but I, I know what I feel deep down. I don't think the acting in this is very good at all. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns outclasses everyone by orders of magnitude, and I include Paul Heyman in this, to the point where Roman Reigns being a good actor, dot, 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 by wrestling standards, makes the rest of it so much worse in comparison. It's like watching someone like Will Ospreay in the ring 
and then he's and then you have to get someone like um Karrion Cross to follow. <laughs> or someone who's just not good. Yeah. Or not as good. It's just you are damning these things in comparison. And I don't think the rest of the people in this uh in this storyline are particularly great at acting. And the fact that they are pretentiously trying to be actors, I, f- I honestly find it cringe and laughable. But people like it, and yeah. I do not begrudge it. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. I feel it. like a microcosm for this whole thing was the clip that did the rounds on social media immediately after Money in the Bank of him sat leaning up against the ring, just freaking out about the fact he's just lost. He's, he's snapped, basically. And there's the cameraman doing the five, four, three, two. Right, And some people were like, Jesus Christ, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And other people were like, Back to acting school for you, Roman. Yeah. And that's, this was 40 minutes of the same thing here, basically. Uh, the beat man, I will say this. I think generally, yes, they make these things drag out, but I also do kind of like the weird drawn out, I'm going to murder your brother in front of your eyes. I'm not just going to hit him with a DDT on the outside. I'm going to hit him with the belt. I'm going to hit him with the stairs. I'm going to hit him with the stairs again. I'm going to get Solo to do my bidding and just send him through the table. And you have to sit there and watch it. I think Roman is really good at doing those drawn out you know, a bit monologue but, you know, cutting a promo whilst you're doing that sort of thing. I'm going to let the mask slip somewhat here, Sige, because you know me and uh, the uh, fun I like to have on social media, uh, particularly in the aftermath of Money in the Bank and Forbidden Door, which a picture fly over a few people's heads. If oh, I'm they're really such honest. losers. Right. Because I really like this. I'll, say, I'll open with that. And not to do the whole, well, it's going somewhere, but I was pleased with the way they wrapped this all up and they used it as a you know jumping off point for uh, the obvious big match for SummerSlam between Jay and Roman and um, yeah I'm obviously really invested in this storyline as well that being said I also watched a film over the weekend Michael Sidgwick can you guess which film I watched I'll give you a clue it's from the greatest film franchise of all time Mission Impossible 2 it's Mission Impossible Fallout I watched is that the new one it's the one just before this one that's about to come out yeah exactly Um, with uh, Henry Cavill reloading his fists oh my god and Tom Cruise yeah again just goaded Um, and I will admit that this did not compare to it I mean nothing does it's Mission Impossible but I saw some friends on Friday night, for example, and uh, had I seen this in advance, because they always, you know, do the usual, what's going on in wrestling sort of thing? Yeah. And it's like, right, how, far, how much do you want to encapsulate? Do you want me to go back to Mania? Do you want me to go back to literally 2023 in wrestling? Are, are you still interested in AEW? Where, where, what are we doing here sort of thing? Because they'll often say things like, what's there going on in wrestling? And I'll say like, oh, yeah, there's some great stuff with Cody Rhodes. Uh, he... He's Dusty Rhodes' son, if you don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah. Like, uh, and Roman Reigns is just, you know, bloodline. They're just running the show, basically. And then they'll go, read something about Road Dog coming back at SummerSlam. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> what? What? What are we doing here? Oh, I still liked it when uh, Bubba Ray Dudley returned at the Rumble. Right. What conversation are we having here? Are we talking about wrestling right now? Are we yeah. talking about nice times that we remember and then the, when uh, the rock won the rumble and then they get the year wrong and i go it wasn't that rumble mate it was the wrong one i just remember that um, brilliant one where uh, uh sting fought stone cold at wrestlemania what what are we doing come on guys i don't turn around to you and say oh how is the tennis at the weekend is tim henman still smashing it assholes anyway he never smashed it once yeah he smashed it briefly and then gorney initially went 
I'll yeah, take, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll, take right it, I'll take it from here. Um, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. So, had me seeing them happen after this, and they inexplicably knew a brief uh, snapshot of the Bloodline story, I would have said, oh, it's, it's developing really, really well. You've now got Roman fighting his own family, Jey Uso, for the, they're all the belts, or the belt, I don't know. I liked, I'm a hypocrite because I still really like Paul Heyman carrying around all the gold, despite the fact I hate you when Sammy Guevara had more than one belt. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, because you're biased. Yeah. <laughs> um, but having said all that, if they'd have said, oh, stick it on, I'd have gone, nah, we're not going to, no, we're not spending half an hour watching that because it's not going to work, is it? And they'll go, what's going on? Yeah. So I 100% get where you're coming from. Um, I'm pleased that it's heading in the right direction. But even I was looking at the clock going, oh, boy. <laughs> They're really not giving uh, AJ Styles and Karrion Cross a great deal of time on this show, are they? Um, and I was thrown by the fact it opened, and then obviously they just had their cake and ate it too by being like, and we'll come back to it in a bit, obviously. But I was like, what's main event in here if it's not that? Um, just the weighty themes they think they're trying to do, the really poor acting on the part of some of the characters, like, I just find this really pretentious. Yeah. Like, really, really pretentious. And I understand what a complete hypocritical dickhead that makes me look like. But... Or sound like. I'm also going to say, probably on tomorrow's Raw review, or probably tweet in the build-up to SummerSlam, when this is not just this, but this and all the other stuff is reduced down to a three-minute video package. Oh, cool, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. Because they've trimmed all of the fat off it, and they've, yeah, limited the amount of time you've, you've sat there to go... God, you're really just thinking about the words you need to recite, aren't you, right now? Yeah. And you're forcing yourself to to try and uh, showcase things that you're clearly not actually feeling. And like you say, I agree. When I was like, well, you know, storyline to one side. Oh, cool. So he got pinned once and he's just, just going to give it all up. That's it, is it? Just Roman Reigns' title reign ends with, didn't fancy it anymore. I did not believe that there was any sort no. of tension or like that's what I'm looking for here any this wasn't the resolution to everything was it wasn't it? the resolution I, he had no intention that's no. what I'm looking for of anointing Jey Uso the tribal chief and Jey Uso in my wrestling brain because I refuse to sell this as anything less than what anything more than what it actually is just thought the baby face was a bit of a morgue yeah I think that's fair but then someone would uh, respond counter that by saying I know, but he's so psychologically tortured at this point mm. that this is what happens. And it's like, don't give me that. This is WWE <laughs> and everything we know about the people involved in the creative side. And I include Triple H and Paul Heyman in that. I don't believe that they are doing anything weighty or sensitive or profound. I'm, I just don't. I believe they think they are doing that. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about uh, some rubbish wrestling. <laughs> or bang average wrestling. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, let's talk about the rest of this show because we next got a United States Championship match. It was Austin Theory versus Sheamus with all the history that uh, Theory's had recently, of course, with the brawling brutes. Um, Sheamus dominates early, sends Theory to the outside, um, clotheslines him to the floor. We go to a break, come back. Uh, Austin Theory is inexplicably trying to do the 10 beats of the Bodron to Sheamus, and he's like, I'm not having any of that bollocks. Cuts him off, hits a knee from the top rope to get a two count. Um, again, Theory... Uh, tries to come back. He goes to the top rope. Sheamus meets him there. He sets up for white noise, but Theory cuts him off, and it's a nice spinning torture rack for a two-count as we go to another break. When we come back, Sheamus is in control, goes for the Celtic cross. Theory cuts him off, but Sheamus hits a spine buster, puts him in the cloverleaf, looks to uh, get the submission victory, but then here comes Pretty Deadly. Um, Sheamus attacks both of them. I think it was uh, the uh, gorgeous Elton Prince who he was going to, chop the chest, or it does start chopping the chest out of. Um, out come the brawling brutes to get involved with them. Uh, Butch and Ridge the Fridge. Um, Sheamus has got Austin Theory set up for the bro kick, but he decides to nail Kit Wilson with it, and uh, Austin Theory uses that. Oh, no, sorry, prior to that, uh, Austin Theory had hit the uh, rolling drop kick and set up the A-Town down, but Sheamus countered it. That was when we had Sheamus hitting Kit Wilson with the bro kick, uh, and that allowed Theory to roll up Sheamus, grab the tights, and get the one, two, three. Ah, it existed. It's weird, this one, because there was a lot of activity tacked on to the end, and it was in MSG, wasn't it? Yeah. So there was a bit more noise than usual. Yeah. So in comparison to everything else Austin Theory has done post-WrestleMania, this felt vaguely, in comparison, against a curve, hot. Yeah. I'm very hesitant to say that, but it did. Um, Even then, like, if you... I just, it's not very good. It's mechanically soulless. Um, I didn't get into the match and think it, it's it's neither now nor stomach. It's not electrifying. You're not watching this great heel squirm away. You're just watching some back and forth with some business and some activity tacked on to the end of it. That again, with it being an MSG, felt a bit louder. Put it this way, none of this made me feel like Austin Theory was him. And given, it's probably unfair on him. Yeah, I could give it. Toss, toss <laughs> about the guy. But it's probably unfair. He's him. This guy is him. This guy you're watching. Him, him, him. He's the best. He's going to be the, the, the standard bearer of WWE for the next however many years. And if you look at the precedent set by Randy Orton, be worried because there'll be 20 of them. <laughs> Never once got that impression, even if this crowd was mildly more interested than the other ones. I don't think I hope that you put Grayson Waller straight afterwards and there's that tweet still ringing in my ears of Grayson Waller is what? WWE thinks Austin Theory is. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though. I did feel very smug watching this match. So the internet told me, he's just using that bloody rolling dropkick as his finisher now. That's stupid. And I went, oh, no, clearly not. Ridge had been yeah, suffering yeah. from the Simone Spike, so obviously he used the dropkick last week. 
to get win the match. And what happened in this match? He hit the rolling drop kick and used it as a setup for his finisher. So just take the take the L. You've got to wrestling be, internet. No, I'm more knowledgeable about wrestling than all of you. You've huh? got to be giving us some good faith. Like <laughs> how many times? Yes. How many times have we said or I've heard or you know it would be cool if secondary signature moves meant something and if a wrestler actually won with them once upon yep. a time so you could inform drama deeper down the stretch. Like I had absolutely no problem with that finish in no. that um Ridge match like at all. Like people have been crying out for this. They delivered it. It was quite smart. They'd worked out a way to make it less um contrived and yeah. sudden and just out of nowhere and somewhat credible. And uh, I think it's just because it's WWE and people were like... People just assume yeah, exactly. that they're idiots. Fair I get it. I do that more often than I'd like to admit sometimes. But in that occasion, I just thought, what's the controversy here? Mm. Like, it's fine. It's something that more wrestling um, should do. Yeah, exactly. Take it from a proper wrestling journalist. I knew what I was talking about. Uh, Grayson Waller is here in MSG. Uh, it's time for the Grayson Waller, Waller effect. Um he uh, took space, not even had a match yet, and here he is in MSG. And I thought, yeah, that's really impressive. I'm very happy for you. He's a big, we're a big fan of his here, of course, from his time in NXT. Um, but he decides to bring out his guest, who's got a huge announcement. It is, of course, Edge. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Come on. I still love him. I don't. <laughs> he uh, goes to put over MSG and Grayson Waller. He's he's found his he's found his mark now. There's a few weeks talked about Andy with this. I talked about this on the news with Andy. There's a few weeks early on where I was like, uh-oh, Grayson Waller effect is not the same on the main roster. He's just like simping for Charlotte Flair and stuff like that. Now I think he's got his, ironically, got his feet under the table and he's a little bit more confident in here to be like, yeah, 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 shut up, Ed. Stop putting over MSG. Let's get to your announcement. That's what you're here for. Um, and Edge is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Waller puts his career over and says, but, you know, you saved your money. Why are you back here? Um, and Edge is like, because the fans, man. Uh, puts puts over these guys. Puts over New York. Puts over his first it's them. P- his first PLE SummerSlam 1998. Talks about you know making his entrance, coming through the crowd, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, the people embraced him from that very first match. And he, he he knows how hard it is to earn New York respect. So he puts them over. And Waller's like, sure. Um, your big announcement is you're retiring. Everyone say goodbye to Edge. And Edge is like, what are you doing, mate? Last week you were there going out here with John Cena at Money in the Bank. Now you're in here with me. Look, clearly someone sees something in you, but you haven't even had a match on the main roster. You've been here for, what was it, half a hiccup, he said. Um, But you found yourself in deep waters here because I've spoken with the powers that be. Do you know what? I've got a match tonight. Yeah, of course, MSG, happy to see Edge wrestle. And it's against you, sink or swim. He I likes these sort of things. Grit, grit sink, or swim. sink or swim. Deep waters. I do. I do he does like kind of dragging in deep waters. I did like doggy paddling in the deep waters. That was it, yes. That was a good line, I thought. Because like, you just thought, oh, I'm just happily going about, not realizing the gravity of what I've got myself into. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm in deep waters. I've been watching a little shark stuff recently. Oh, I don't yeah, know yeah. why. I've always been fascinated by sharks. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. I think I could win a, a an Olympic medal in doggy paddling. I was goaded at that. Like, they don't have that, do they? They've got freestyle and backstroke and butterfly. 
But like doggy paddle, doggy paddle, I could blow Michael Phelps out of the water. I reckon mm, you got a bit of a swimmer's. You don't want a swimmer's body. You're I'm just, long gone. You're just long. I'm just long. <laughs> just a bit long. <laughs> um, oh, again, I can understand why. I do get why people think I'm a hypocrite or a bad faith actor or a biased shill because I'm a fan of Matt Jackson and this was too corny. <laughs> like, give me up for them. Them. Each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. Uh, New York City. <laughs> City full of uh, hard workers and dreamers. Uh, do you not find that corny yeah. as f***? Yes. <laughs> well, sorry, but my God. Like, it's almost seen a levels of sucking up to the crowd. I understand the story they were telling here. Mm-hmm. I'm not a moron. Edge is the baby fade. He's trying to get across that Grayson Waller thinks he's entitled to a reaction from these fans. You have to earn it. And then he's going to teach him a lesson in their subsequent match. I know the story they're telling. Could they tell it in a less corny way? <laughs> like, could I tell this in a less corny way? Look at me, I'm Triple H. And it was the, uh, skipping ahead a little bit, the, the, the face that Edge pulled when he won. <laughs> the, uh, Edge needs to rediscover, maybe in a different promotion, the patter within. Yeah, because he used to be really funny, and the more earnest and corny he is, I just find it off-putting. That's fair. But Hard I'm, workers I'm, with big dreams. Uh, uh, I was just more backing our boy Grayson oh, to Grayson. not get swallowed up by this, and I think he's, he's actually being a heel here. Yeah, I think he's really held his own. It's a bit of a baptism of fire that they put him through. He did the same with Austin Theory, and he didn't come through it anywhere near as yeah. well as. I like the match more than a lot of people online. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, we get a recap now of what happened in the opening, opening half an hour, basically. Um, Jimmy is a, is in a hospital, local medical facility. Yeah, get it right. Yeah, uh, He's being medically evaluated, and um, Michael Cole's heard that he is suffering from anal bleeding. What? What? <laughs> he wasn't, obviously. Um... Then AJ Styles just beat you. respect, anal bleeding. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then AJ Styles beat Karrion Cross in like two minutes. We talked about this on the uh, What's going on here? Like, they, they, they sort of maybe hid an excuse in plain sight. Uh, being t- like, uh, don't give me that. Cross has got his leg taped up, so maybe he's, uh, he's going to struggle here. But he immediately cut off AJ Styles. So I was like, oh, cool, he's fine. He goes to uh, put him in the cross jacket. Uh, but uh, Styles comes back. Pele kicks, sets up for the phenomenal forearm. Scarlet's there. She grabs onto AJ Styles' leg. The ref just doesn't see it. Uh, Meachin dives. She's there at ringside, obviously, with, with AJ. She takes out Scarlet. Cross gets Styles up on his shoulders. Styles gets off him. Here's the phenomenal forearm and wins. What was this? What is going on? Like, seriously, I do not understand what this was. Terrible booking. On, in every single respect, yeah, every single wrestling story should either gently keep someone along, protect the sort of the credibility, whoever's going to do the job, and um, the person who wins gets something out of it, right? That's every wrestling story yeah. ever. We call it cinema, whatever we call it. This is a disaster because no one is benefiting from this. No one's a bigger star than they were before this program happened. You can't even tell who's good or not. You can't even tell who's the baby face of the heel or not. This is a disaster. 
Am I to believe that Karrion Cross beat AJ Styles with his new finish not too long ago? Yes, he hit him with that new sort of... Oh, that result was erased. <laughs> Am I to believe that Karrion Cross is the heel? Yeah. Why give him an injury if he's not injured? If he's injured, did they advertise this match? Yes. If he's actually injured, don't do it. If he's injured, but he can work through it in that wrestling way, and it only goes two minutes, maybe don't give him the visual signifier of you are to sympathize with this person yeah, because he's the baby face. It's a taped-up ribcage, the neck brace, um, the stretcher, the, the bleeding face, the bandages. Those are props that are designed to invoke sympathy for the baby face. Karen Cross is the heel, and he's wearing that, and he gets beat in two minutes. So he's a loser <laughs> who I'm meant to sympathize with. So he'd be a bad babyface, even if he was playing babyface, except he's playing heel. And he's gone 50-50 with AJ Styles. What is this? AJ Styles feels like he doesn't exist in the world. In, in terms of who's talking about him, who's really enjoying his work, who's going crazy for him, who's um, really asking what's next for AJ Styles. And he's been away this, for ages with that injury. He might as well not exist. That's what the storyline is accomplishing. And uh, people, well, they're really doing a number on carrying cross. What do you mean they're doing? It's not the present tense. He's no. cooked. He's finished. Yeah, he was. I was thinking about and this. This isn't going to help. No, exactly. I was thinking about this, and I realized this was a long, old time ago, but there was a time in NXT where he's like, uh-oh, carrying cross has turned his attention to you. You're screwed, especially if you've got a belt or whatever, like that brilliant, ominous shot of like, Keith Lee's finally unified all the belts for two weeks. Um, look at him celebrate. And then Before William Regal says it's a good idea to get rid of the belts just as much as it was to make them, uh, you know. So I don't want to fly. I can't think of words today. Unified. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was that great shot and you were like, oh, the, the, you know, the clock's ticking now for Keith Lee's title reign because Karen Cross. Now, if I was in that locker room, people were like, uh, bad news, mate. I've just seen what's going out next on SmackDown. And uh, Karen Cross has pulled out a tarot card with a you know ginger head on it, and you're next, mate. I'd be like, well, he's probably going to attack me, but I am going to get some wins out of it. Yeah. So probably long term, that's beating a former NXT champion. I'm at this point when the, he did more tarot card stuff on SmackDown, and me and Hamlet reviewed it when we were over in Vegas, right, where the tarot cards went to be this big, ominous, oh, my God, this symbolizes my imminent doom. I cannot believe I've just got a tarot card. I'm screwed. I'm doomed. Like, people, and I don't resent them for this or anything like that, but in sort of, like, the, the in Vegas, loads of people give you, like, flyers for things. Yes. Like, come to this show. Do something with this person. <laughs> come to this show. There's this show that's happening. Oh, I've got, like, a CD. Help us out. All the rest of it. Um, and they're trying to make a living. I don't begrudge them for that. But I am saying that if Karrion Cross gave me a tarot card, I would look at it and go, I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, walk past you. I'm not interested in going yeah. to that show, the Carrying Cross show. Oh, you come to the Carrying Cross show, you will die. It's like, oh, sounds cool, but I'm just that's not going to happen. Yeah, put it on the floor. I'll put it in the bin. I hate people who litter. Oh yeah, I will put that tarot card in the bin where it belongs Quite because right. it's of so little significance or concern to me. Um, I had a bit of a mini panic with what came next because we joked about it, but Eo Sky second longest. 
Money in the Bank reign for the women's division Don't ever. They do this every week, aren't they? It's almost ended twice. Did they do something on Raw? They did, didn't they? She sort of went, oh, maybe I'll... Um, so Asuka comes down. She's yelling about no one's ready for her, but before she can go any further, Bianca Belair comes out to brawl with her. Charlotte Flair's pissed off because obviously Bianca Belair cost her the title match last week. Um, that next week, it's going to be the again. Yeah. <laughs> That's preview sorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they get into it. Asuka goes up top to seemingly go after them. But here comes EO Sky to cut her off. Um, Bailey's there too. Bailey hits the rose plant. EO Sky hits the moonsault. They're going to cash in the briefcase. That would be silly. But Belair grabs Bailey, drags her to the outside. Charlotte sort of big boots the briefcase into EO Sky's face. Asuka bails. Carnage in the women's division, Sid. Yeah, not very good, this was it. They're trying to advance um, two things at once. Um, bit of economy on the show because there's very little to do it because Jay Uso's been making faces for 17 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't like the threat of the cash-in because she wasn't weakened. Mm-hmm. I've seen cash-ins for what feels like, well, it's 17 years, mm-hmm. 16 years. Um, and this triple threat program is the worst thing you've ever seen. And guess what? You've seen it a million times. So it gets even worse through the repetition. If Charlotte Flair does not interfere in that match next week, go on. What will I do? I agree, by the way, 100%. I was going to say I'd buy your coffee, but the, that bet would never happen. No. Okay, so why, why am I watching this? <laughs> Triple H does so much just stuff. Filler, generic, nothing happening, accomplishing nothing, stuff. And he deserves to be shot. <laughs> this women's triple threat match is just the most WWE triple threat match build ever. How could I possibly give a toss? It's carrying across AJ Styles 50-50 where you don't know who the heel or the baby face is really is. So Triple H it hurts. Ricochet, Bronson Reed, um, Shinsuke stuff. What was that? Mm-hmm. We kind of boot. We kind of tell stories. It's useless. I think my favorite women's cash in has to be Alexa Bliss because you talk about making sure that the, the route is clear for you to win the title. That's how you do it. I'm going to hit Ronda Rousey once with a briefcase or twice. I am going to wail on her after she's just ruined Nia Jax, and I can just pick the bones of Nia Jax yeah. at that point. That's how you do it. You only hit one move. Come on, think it through. Think it through. They're all idiots. <laughs> they get that brief room, gets that briefcase and loses their minds. Well, everyone signs a WWE contract and loses their minds. <laughs> uh, so then it was time for Edge versus Grayson Waller. Edge obviously in control early on. Hits a nice gut wrench suplex. Uh, hits a fall away slam. Goes for the, or sets up for the spear, I should say. But Waller counters with a knee. Uh, in amongst all this, Another example of why Grayson Waller is great and he's going to do well here. There's the you still got it champ for Edge and Waller gets one shot and he's like, I've got it too. Great. It's great. Um, he hits that sliding clothesline to the floor on Edge to take us to a break. When we come back, Waller hits a great top rope tornado DDT, um, beating, just laying the ground a pound on Edge. Edge comes back. He wants a superplex, but Waller tosses him off and not like that. And then uh, walks the middle rope for an elbow drop. But Edge gets the knees up and he's got the injured ribs that uh, Edge has been targeting as well. Um, uh, Waller's on the apron and Edge slides through the legs of him and power bombs him on the floor. That was a nice spot. Um, Edge comes back with a big crossbody off the top rope. Waller kicks out. Edge gives him a look. Um, Waller hits Edge with a boot in the corner. Um and hits, I'll tell you what, I did, I, I think you probably like this as well. Waller comes back, 
hits Edge with a big boot and hits a sort of flipping unprettier oh for a near fall. Mm-hmm. That was tasty. It was uh, tasty. Different gravy. It was different gravy. Um, he uh, hits a sort of rolling forearm as well for another two count. Edge comes back with the execution, misses the spear. Um, Waller goes for that great rolling cutter of his, but as he comes back into the ring, Edge hits him with the spear. One, two, three. But after the match, he tells Waller, you swam. I did not hear this at all, and I think it was a little bit more um, intelligently crafted than I saw some of the takes on Twitter, where they just thought, oh, just a match. I thought, honestly, they had a little bit more, I thought it was had a little bit more about it. So the story they're telling, and again, I don't necessarily like Edge's acting of it, is that Grayson Waller, this impetuous young punk who thinks he's it, and he's going to get taught a harsh lesson by Edge, but might learn something in the yeah. process. That's the story here. Now, there are the two spots that really got it over. One was that oh my God. flipping unpretty. Yeah. Oh. I love that. The idea that Grayson Waller, the character, is trying to say to Edge, my time is now. Not only can I do your things, I can do them better than you. I'm more athletic. I'm younger. I'm in better condition, better nick. And I've outsmarted you with this. And I'm doing a much cooler, more athletic, younger version of your move. Or like a move that's sort yeah. of like yeah. in the lore of Edge, if you like. <laughs> I, hate, I hate myself. And then this young idiot gets too cocky. He's peacocking. He's trying to prove he's it. He's adding an, an unnecessary flip. I know it's his finish, but that's very yes. in character for him. It's one of those where it's stupid, but so is the character. It's very impulsive and ideas above his station. Probably unnecessary, but again, that's the character. So Edge punishes him. You're too, you think you're too clever for your own good. You don't know nothing yet. My experience has won it in the end. Like I like this. This yeah. was a nice, well-told TV match. Edge's face at the end. Oh my god! <laughs> I just ah, it just sends a shiver of cringe up my spine. Like he's got the face. So he hits him with the spear, cuts off the flipping cutter, and then he sort of does the spear into the hard camera. Going to where the hard camera is, kid. <laughs> Gets on his knees and goes. Five seconds and then does the pin. The idea with his face, it's all about his acting, is that I'm harder, I'm tougher, I'm smarter, and I just taught you a lesson. And guess what? I've also got a 10-inch gag. <laughs> I could not have tried to look more like the business. I'm the business. And I'm older and more grizzled, and I'm harder, and I'm smarter. I've got a 10-inch cock. I'm, the, I'm edge, and I'm the business. Uh, that's the kind of thing where great psychology from Edge. I was like, so if it's maintenance want to die, then maybe in it's your <laughs> heroic veteran baby face. So maybe it's not that great psychology. Well, you know, some people like it. You should emulate that the next time you go to I'm the, the I'm Edge and on a business. Yeah, it's time you take your boy to the swimming pool, stand there, arms folded. Watching watching everyone, you know, doing their lengths and what have you. And then when he climbs out, give him a little knock and say, You swam. You swam. <laughs> I went swimming with a daughter. Yeah. Oh, she bloody loves it. She I'm really be in there for like four hours if I hadn't got tired and a little bit bored. Yeah, I'm really, that's one of the big it's, parenting things I'm looking class, forward to. It's class. They absolutely buzz off it. They have loads of fun when they're sort of playing it and get some like lengths in as well. It's one of the better activities that is. I got a, uh, oh, I remember this from years ago. It's, it's awkward when you see people like you know as well. It's like, I don't want you to see me in my bloody swimming trunks. I saw someone on the way out, luckily, when they were going in. I think we both had that uh, mutual, nice to see you. Glad it wasn't in the pool. Yes. 
I remember uh, a few years back getting the uh, data, <laughs> getting the treatment from some. Uh, it was in a it was in a swimming pool, and I was looking after. It's not my nephew. It was Anna Louise's nephew, but he's my nephew effectively. And I was being silly, Uncle Adam, doing like handstands and stuff in the pool. And these people were like, ugh. I was like, oh, cheer up, you miserable bastards. Yeah. I'm just doing a handstand. Whoa, I'm doing a handstand. I'm not doing it. I wasn't doing it in, like, in the middle of a lane or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the big pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, hey! <laughs> Get a ball. <laughs> yeah, it just it winds me up that when people are like, oh, too cool to mess about in front of kids. Oh, God, I know. Lighting up. Boring bastards. Boring bastards, man. Uh, speaking of boring bastards, Roman Reigns backstage. <laughs> Paul Roman Hay- Reigns is great. Yeah. It's everything he does that I don't like. I do like Paul Heyman. Is there going to be a ref bump in Roman J. Uso? What is Jimmy going to think? Maybe I could be the tribal chief. Why did I never... What, you want to be the tribal chief and break up the Usos? How about me and you have a match? And everyone's going to be like, the, um, the Eric meme. Gotta, do you think these um, films should have these things called twists? Because <laughs> this is great. I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't. Uh, Paul Heyman walking on eggshells just sneaks in and says, by the way, is uh, back in MSG and he's looking for you. And Rain's like, oh, I'm going to have to look for her. I'll be out in that ring. And I was like, God, let, let there be an advertising break here because we've got another Roman entrance. Thankfully, that's exactly what happened. He's already in the ring as the show comes back to the commercial. Uh, he redoes the MSG, acknowledge me. And then Jay uses Uso's music hits. He's coming through the crowd. Solo tries to sort of in- intercept him as he's going to jump the barrier. But uh, Jay leaps over the barricade and attacks Solo and posts him. And Roman offers him and offers him out. Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. Jay grabs the chair on the floor and slides in and just manages to get the shot in on Roman Reigns. He's going to break the chair over Roman. He's going to twat him 10, 20, 30 times. But as he, uh, after he's gut shot him, as he leans back with the chair, Solo's there to snatch it out of him. Jay super kicks Solo. Roman bails out of the ring. Uh, Jay, yeah, just just wails on Solo's color. Chair's bent all out of shape. Uh, and then Jay realizes Roman has left his title in, that, in the ring. I just do like Roman. Put that down! Yelling from the uh, yelling from the entranceway. Jay grabs the mic and the title. And he says, Romy, you took Jimmy from me. I'm judge, jury, and executioner for you. Uh, we're going to have trial by combat. No brothers, no wise man. Just me and you, one-on-one. And you better accept so I can whoop your ass one more time. And that's how the show ends with him posing with the belt and Roman looking furiously on from the uh, entranceway. Jimmy Uso is going to interfere in the match at SummerSlam after the ref bump and say something to the effect on SmackDown. Afterwards, you cared more about that title than your own brother. Mm. Something like that. Even if that doesn't happen, and I'm being, like, you know, too snarky about the next predictable beat, because they have wrong-footed me with this. Yeah. I will say that. I just, uh, yeah, this is this is better than the first bit for me. Like an actual baby face coming out to kick ass. Yeah. I like that. That's wrestling for me. Great setup for SummerSlam, I thought, yeah. Um, I tell you what, the acting when Jimmy, I forgot to touch on this, when Jimmy was getting stretched and Jay was, you know, expressing his concern. and uh, I don't think Jay Uso was very good at acting. I just don't. Um, I tell you what, this thing about the bloodline is that very little happened and they've glossed over it in terms of before Sami Zayn's involvement. Mm-hmm. There was some stuff with Jay and Jimmy and them getting gaslighted or whatever, and then they fell in line and they were the bloodline, and then for what felt like a year, they just interfered in Roman's matches, and there wasn't much to it. Maybe the odd look of Jay going, 
<laughs> Maybe I would like to have some agency at some point. That was it. That's about it. Maybe I'm being reductive. I can't remember, but that's about it. This thing was great when there was actual levity to it with Sami Zayn to the point where I still had my pissy, snarky, pedantic gripes mm. about the invisible camera where I was banging to the rumble angle. But go back and listen to the Raw review where me and Hamlet were gushing over the... Um, so the trial of Jey Uso, the yeah. trial of Roman Reigns. Trial of Sami Zayn. Trial of Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there was levity to it, and it was quite funny, it's a bit like a Law and Order thing. It, like, it was like, yeah, they'd had a laugh with it. Light and shade. Light and shade. And uh, the Uso stuff, I don't think it was that funny, to be honest. But <laughs> it was still better and amusing when there was like, you know, it didn't take itself seriously as this prestige drama now that there's literally nothing amusing about it and Sami Zayn's not there and he's not being this, like, because it was, you use different emotions and different characters to get the audience to feel different things. Like, because Sami Zayn was visibly having the time of his life, that was the, oh, it's, you're going to get battered and it's going to be horrible because, yeah. like, you're so nice and you're so into it and it's cruel and it's like, it's an emotion that you are eliciting from me. Now it's very intense very serious, very pretentious, no light, no nothing. I just don't think it's very good. I don't <laughs> think it's well acted. But it's, like we say, it's, it's all subjective. Let us know your thoughts on that and on the whole of SmackDown uh, on Twitter. I'm at, sure they've got no thoughts on that. At WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. I'm sorry Hamlet wasn't here. You Truly, he will give you his opinion Maybe on the SmackDown preview. Exactly. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Tisha will be back later on today to review AW Collision and preview Mananaral. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.